Okay, here we go. This is the Man Fuse podcast. Thank you for listening. This will be our second part, including my brother who's in town from Australia. Last week, we spoke to our buddy P. Ruse about what is going on in Iran. And now let's get into hearing from my brother. And then we're going to lighten things up with a three-way reading of an erotic novel. So now on to you, Craig. Let's hear about you. Sea League. Sea League. So so this is and and people That's what I asked. I said do, do am I Sea League? He's Sea League. Exactly. He's Bruce, his brother Bruce Lee. <laughs> so here's and 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 I don't know if I have this right because it's a question I get asked all the time. As soon as I say that my brother lives in Australia, it's how did he end up there? Yeah. And the story I tell from what I can remember is that when you were in college, you went to UGA, and you decided that you were going to take a year off and you were going to travel the world. It was actually a funny funny little story because my friends, my best friends and I, we were all getting drunk one night. Let's travel the world. Let's go here. I always wanted to go there. You know you know how you get in that impassioned state when you're absolutely plastered? Of course. Yeah. Making all these plans. And then the next morning, everyone's like, oh, fuck that, dude. I just want a yeah. donut. But you didn't. I wrote down the list and I took it home and I was dead set on it. And I started working towards it. I started saving and I kept at my friends and I'm like, hey, are we still doing this? And oh, I'm not sure, you know, like, how are we going to do that? It's a lot of money and I, I got to work. And, and I'm like, I really want to do this. So I'm going to save up and I'm going to keep at it and I'm going to I'm going to do it with or without them. And that was a really big pivotal point in my life, because if you're always surrounding yourself with people and doing not what you want to do, but what you think is best for you because you've got your friends that are, are always around you, you're never really taking that leap of faith and doing something for yourself. Right. And you're not growing as a person because you're doing things, you're following other people. That's right. Because you're too scared like they are to go out on your own and to do it. I did. I saved up and, and I traveled around the world. But before I did that, I went over to Israel. Okay, so you went to Israel before you went to the UK and Yeah, I went to Israel and when I was there I was in the Arab quarter and I'm 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 walking around and I'm actually with one of our, our mom's friends at that time who lived in the Arab quarter, Tony. Um and these two Australian guys came up to us and Tony had met them a few days prior. And they were like, Hey Mike, you know how I get on the wall, you know, the, the top of the wall in the you know, old city and walk around. And he's like, oh, yeah, you, you can try to sneak up there. You normally have to pay, but they were too cheap. They wanted to sneak up there and walk around the wall of the old city. A few days later, met them uh, in a hostel in the Arab Quarter. We got along great. Ended up traveling around for about five weeks together. Wow. In Israel? In Israel. Okay. Um, so you were in Israel for how long? A couple months? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was nearly a couple months. Beginning of June, came back at the end of July. It was just a fantastic time. And, and these guys, uh, we maintained a friendship when I had gone home. And they would call me at three in the morning because they, they thought it was funny because of right. the time difference. Right. Uh, and then I would do the same to them. And, and, and Darren, my friend Darren, his, um, his dad would pick up the phone going, hello, you know. It's like, oh, hi, is Darren there? And it's like, it's uh, five in the morning. <laughs> and I'd say, oh, yeah, can you get Darren, please? <laughs> Darren is in his 30s living with his parents still, you know, at that time. And it was, it was a bit funny. But um, we, had, we had a great time. And then I planned to come in and see them. And uh, when I arrived, one of the friends introduced me to his ex-girlfriend, which is now my wife. Oh, I didn't know that when that was... When you arrived? 
uh, shortly after. Eve was the ex. Yeah, he, she was like the XXX girlfriend, and, and they had maintained a friendship. And, oh, that's um, cool. It was sort of probably towards the middle of my seven, I think it was seven or eight weeks here. I extended the trip because I was having so much fun, and we, we never got together. We had really good conversation. That's cool. And then after, like, pretty much when the trip was over the night uh, before I was about to leave, I went up to her and I said, hey, if I come back, can I take you to dinner, catch up again? And she'd be like, well, we'll see if you come back. Oh, wow. And when I was back in Georgia, I was saving up to go back, and I had already done a two-year stint at UGA, and I just decided I was going to work, and I was going to transfer some credit over to university in Australia, and I would finish my degree in criminal justice or criminology in Australia. That's right. You did get a degree in criminal justice. Yeah, and I kept in touch with Eve. I would call Eve when she was at work because of the time difference, and we would have an hour-long chat. She dedicated that time away from her work. Just so she could chat with me. And what then, a great employee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure hey, it's Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they don't you do else you want, right? Um, no, and, and it was fantastic. And, and so when I came back, the very evening I got back, we actually got together. Oh, nice. So that from that day on, we... You wanted here. it. You came for it. It's yeah. yours. Yeah. When did you go to Europe and go backpacking and, and all the cool stuff? Because you went to Fiji... There's a sword, Ben, in my case oh, right a there. Yes. The gladiator sword. Yes. Craig had gone to Scotland and you loved it so much that you stayed there for like yeah. extra time. That's and, so cool. And you spent like a thousand dollars to have yeah. that there sword was, uh, handmade. There was this That's brilliant awesome. swordsmith, Rob Miller, who um, had a has a business called Castle Keep. I don't know if he still has it, but it was up in the Isle of Skye, which is a small island off the coast um, of the obviously of the mainland. I was on a backpackers tour, so it was really cool. It's like hop on, hop off, and and we were there. And I said uh, we, we we pulled into this um, petrol station and they're like you have one hour to go and grab a bite to eat and, and explore around i didn't even know where this guy's workshop was i just guessed the direction i wound up at his studio and i said rob i need to get a sword i want a sword from you something authentic something scottish um and then i couldn't afford anything scottish uh, <laughs> so i said how about a gladius uh, can you do me a gladius and, and he's like yeah a claymore for example like the braveheart swords you yeah. know the really good ones um he was charging over a thousand quid for that a thousand pounds so oh, at, wow. at that time it was like 50 pounds to the dollar so yeah it would have been like 1500 dollars. ridiculous i got that gladius uh behind us i got that probably for about 250 300 pounds oh okay so it's about 500 oh, okay US. i thought it was a little more than that it was great and awesome. i ordered it from him and he shipped it back to me after i got home the Europe trip was that before Israel? No, no, Europe trip was after. Okay. So I got a taste for travel when I went to Israel. You know, actually, I think it was that evening with my friend who was, it was after Israel because I was still at university. We we're still catching up when we'd go home and, and meet. Actually, no, it was 2001. Okay. Because I was in Australia when 9 11 happened. I was actually at my friend Darren's house. Wow. And they woke me up and they said, I think you should come in and, and see what's on TV. I mean, you went to Thailand. You went to, I don't even know how many countries you went to. I started out in the UK. So I went England, Scotland, Ireland. Um, and then I met these girls who were French and they put me in touch with their aunt in, in Paris. That's and cool. I stayed with her aunt for a week. That she wouldn't have it that I was only going to be there for two days. She wanted to show me around, and she lives right behind the uh, Musée d'Orsay, which is uh, one of the the biggest and most popular museums in Paris, uh, right on the Seine River. Beautiful. And I spent a week there. 
It's so cool how he's like that. Oh yeah, just go stay with my aunt, and then just bring you That's in. So Very cool. hospitable, great friends. In I've France. always had a great time in France. On the Isle of Skye, actually, I met my other friend Xavier, who I went and visited when he he lived in Grenoble, and that city is it's awesome. And then how did you end up in Fiji in a hostel for like $7 a night on the beach in the sand? What ended up happening was is around the world tickets really didn't exist back then, whereas they do now. Um, Around the world tickets? Around the world tickets where you basically go in one direction all the way around the world across both Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. I had a unique circumstance. I had my university dorm room uh, or my university um, housing that I needed to move out of. And all my my shit was there. Yeah. And... um, it was sort of like I can either delay my entire trip by seven months right. or I can go and break it up and after about three or four months, go back home, empty my stuff out, spend a few weeks with family and then go the opposite direction. So ah. after Europe, and I went to Egypt, by the way, and that's an epic story in itself. After Europe and Egypt and stuff, I, uh, I went back home, cleared out my stuff and then I flew out to the Pacific. Went to Fiji for a few days and then into Australia and then I went to Thailand. I had to get home because 9-11 was going to happen. I was meant to go to Russia after Thailand. That's right. You were taking Russian in school, right? Yeah, I studied for three and a half years. Yeah. Not so wow. popular now, though. Could come in handy. So you met Eve. You decided you were going to finish school in Melbourne. Yeah. And then you went out there and you fell in love. Yeah, I love. fell in love. Children came after. Well, the cool thing was is when... And it's still in existence now. When, when you go in as a student, you don't have a no further stay clause on your visa. So as long as you apply for another visa while you're on your student visa, mm. you can remain in Australia until the verdict of that visa comes through. And so we had been together long enough to knew that we had something special and we wanted to do a de facto spouse visa, which huh? meant that I could then get temporary residency into permanent residency segueing in citizenship. And so, now you're a dual citizen. I'm a, I got a two man passports. of two countries. Yeah. On opposite sides of the world. Yeah. That's pretty dope. So yeah. when I go traveling, if there's a country that's better for the U.S. passport, which these days is not a lot, I would use my U.S. But if it's better for Australian... You pull out a passport depending on... I mean, what would be better? Meaning you could stay there longer? Yeah, so for example, when we were... Do they roll out the red carpet if you are Australian and you whip out that bad boy versus another one? Well, if you're going to a Commonwealth country, then in a lot of cases, your Australian passport is better because you're a Commonwealth country. Yeah, you're like a citizen, right? Well, I mean, not really. I mean, the queen or now the king, uh, you know, is the head of state, but they actually don't have any influence over Australia um, or Canada or Fiji. It's kind of like more of a symbol. Like if we wanted to be a republic, we could vote uh, and have a referendum and become a republic. But it's I think the people really enjoy the idea of having a royal family because still to this day, they haven't voted in a referendum to get rid of the monarchy. When we were talking to Peru's and we were talking about, you know, all the freedoms and, and all the benefits of living in Australia and being a citizen of that state, the way that they handled the pandemic. And I believe you had beef with Ben at some point about his perspective. We weren't there. We're not there. No, so no, okay. what he knows and what I know is only what the media feeds us. I had heard specifically about a lot of the things that were going on, I think, in the big cities. I don't know about the country. I wasn't there. My understanding was that the policy was basically to prevent anyone from catching it at all. So... 
really hardcore stay home, really hardcore like you can't go out in public, like hardcore like no beach. But again, to Kaylee's point, my perspective based on the information that I got from social media or the media or wherever I got it isn't the same as from a person. But my understanding is it was pretty harsh. Oh, no, um, it, it you know was. I mean? and, and your comments weren't all that far off. Yeah. But when people talk about things in Australia, especially that asshat Tucker Carlson, you get extremes, which are not yeah. actually reality. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. A picture showing someone getting tackled to the ground by police right. from a year before the pandemic yeah. gets put in with the pandemic right. yeah, yeah, right. saying, look at what's happening in Australia. Right. It's not true. Imagine a country the size of the U.S., which Australia is pretty right. much in landmass, but with a population of less than California. That's crazy. 26 million people in Australia for the amount of space that we've got. Right. Which is That's why nothing. we... Yeah, I know. It's nothing. It's like Montana. 40, <laughs> what is there, 40 million in, in California? Yeah. Um, and so, and that's one of the reasons why we're called... 8 lucky million country. on Manhattan. Shit, I mean, how many million say, are in Atlanta? 10, 12? Yeah, well, we, we have about 5 million in Melbourne and, and probably about close to 6 in Sydney, but Melbourne's about to take over Sydney. But we're very different. We've got six states and we've got two territories. Now, when you look at America, you got 50 states, and there's no way in hell you can shut down a border of a state in America. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. Even if you wanted to do it, you, you couldn't do it. Physically impossible. The amount of resources yeah. it takes with everything. What we had was a COVID zero policy. The aim was we don't know what we're dealing with. We know that only 1% of people that get this virus die. Yeah. But when you take into account Let's say America, 330 million people. What's right. 1% of 330 million? It's 3,300,000, yeah. right? But yeah, yeah, 3 million. That's a lot of fucking people to a die. Lot. Yeah, yeah, of course. Now, the problem is the overwhelming nature of the health system. We knew our health system would fail completely, like anyone else's, if we don't have a vaccine and we don't have a way to regulate it. Having lockdowns was the only way to prevent the widespread nature of COVID, and border lockdowns was also a really big thing. New South Wales, which is the state above where I live in Victoria, they had some outbreaks. Victoria shut their borders to people in New South Wales. We don't want your dirtiness in here. Yeah. That kind of stuff. We had like the Ruby Princess, which is this big controversial, you know, cruise ship docked in Sydney, 800 or so COVID cases on yeah. board. People needed hospitalization. But, you know, when hospitals are getting overrun, you also have to take into account if they have no more beds, if doctors are getting furloughed because they're getting it, nurses are getting furloughed, you have a reduced staff, reduced ambulance, you still have people having heart attacks, still have people getting strokes, breaking arms, getting mm -hmm. shot, you know, stabbed, probably not in Australia, getting shot. People, you know, have accidents. You can't get a gun in Australia, is that right? You, you can get a gun, but only some guns that you can get, and you have to go through an extremely rigorous process to get it. Usually it's reserved for people who either hunt or who are on farms. So like people in the outback. Yeah, they have rifles and stuff, but you're not going to see people with AR-15s and stuff. No way. You can't get those. Black market, you can. But anybody who has a gun generally isn't killing anyone who is completely innocent. It's usually a gang on gang. Right. And it's very, very rare. We had one massive massacre at Port Arthur in Tasmania where a guy had killed, I think it was the largest mass shooting 
at that time anywhere in the world. Australia basically said no more guns and people were like, yeah, fair enough. And they did a buyback scheme and everyone gave up their guns. And I'll tell you, anyone who says that you need a gun because other people have guns, it doesn't equate when you compare the cultures, but the culture here is so different. You're never going to get rid of guns and you've got to accept that's part of the amendment, the second amendment of the constitution. So I don't even want to get into that debate. But, you know, it's, it's people's right. But people in Australia just chose that they didn't need it. And we don't get mass shootings. We don't get violence like that. But back on to COVID anyway, it was handled very differently. But we only had about, by the time the U.S. hit about a million people dead, we only had about 2,000 people that died. That's not a lot of deaths. With that kind of landmass, too, and that level of population spread out like that, it's easy to see how people could be more so like on the same page like have a little bit more pride in their nation and in their uh, way of doing things and everybody could be brought to an agreement of, hey, this is what's best for us all a right. lot more easily than, than, here. than if you had 300 million or let's say 8 million people on a small piece of land. If you think about it, the more people, the worse as far as it is to... The more complicated it is to oh, get there's everybody... there's a lot less trust. Yeah, you know, that's why. That's why I say you couldn't do it. There's a lot less trust. You couldn't do it, and you couldn't do that kind of lockdown in America, like in Victoria, where we were. Um, the the premier is like the governor of the state, right. and um, you don't. We spent 260 plus days in lockdown over two years. Wow. We couldn't go further than five kilometers from our home. We couldn't go out for recreation for more than an hour a day, and only one person from a household was able to go grocery shopping each day. Wow. Now, that is really harsh, but remember, we were COVID zero, right. no COVID, and we did go it's a long time. It's all about time. no COVID, yeah. We at did that go point, a long that's the mission, I guess, at that without moment. Without any COVID, and it, even though it was really strict, you would never get that kind of cooperation yeah. if the community didn't want to cooperate. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, China's bolting people and oh, welding yeah. people into buildings and shit like that. You see what's going on there with Foxconn and people breaking out. Yeah. People will find their way into revolt if they truly don't agree. And, and you're right, man. I'm not speaking against what 26 million people want to do. You know what I'm saying? And if it's the right thing to do, and we're right. all, we're only going on our perspective of what we deal with here and going, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. You know I, I, what I'm I, think, I think the point that I, I had. But I never got I vaccinated. You... I never wore a mask. I never did any of that shit. So I'm probably the asshole in the room. No, right? no not. not at all. <laughs> not at all. Because I said, I think it's not as bad as the flu. I think it's a cold. I did a ton of research. I initially was terrified. I moved to the beach for five weeks. I wouldn't talk to anybody. I had a mask, I had gloves, I had goggles. <laughs> I had the whole shit, dude. And I didn't go anywhere. I stayed at the beach for, you know, a while. And while I was there, I started doing some research. And I started reading into it. And I made up my own mind about what I felt and what I thought. And I'll be honest with you. I prayed a few times that I wasn't wrong. And there was one moment in time, the closest I ever came to getting vaccinated was when they came out and said, you know, you just don't want to be laying on that hospital bed thinking, Man, I, should, I, should have gotten, I wish I would have gotten vaccinated. That, 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 and if you don't get vaccinated, 
that's what's coming for you. I was like, dude, I do not. And I think I had like sneezed after I heard it. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I got it. And you, and you had been isolating on the beach for ages, yeah? Uh, yeah, well, I had. But then I came back and I just got back to work, man. And, and uh, it, was, it was an interesting process for me, you know. That's how we got out of lockdown was vaccination. So they basically said that um, in order to get through this, we need a high rate of vaccination. Right. And that's what we did. We had 95 or 6% of our population, um, 18 and above, mm-hmm. fully vaccinated. Did you get your kids vaccinated? No. I, well, yeah. You know, we got uh, the oldest one uh, one shot. He had headaches for a week. And I said, you know what? Uh-uh. Not doing it again. Are and, they requiring and, kids now? No. No. It was a really aggravating situation. We woke up one morning um, as when everyone was trying to get vaccinated, right. you know. I didn't have a problem getting vaccinated. It didn't bother me. I did. The only reason I did is because I'm a whore for money and I wanted to keep my job. Yeah. But that's okay. It's, there's nothing wrong with anyone. Sell out. No, yeah. You bitch. If, if your choice is to not vaccinate, that's totally fine. Um, but And actually, Ben got COVID in my presence. You gave it to me. Rocket Man. No, it was Mike Wallace, Rocket Man. Rocket Man spread it. Yeah. Spread it to everybody at the party. To your point, I never had any problem with anybody else getting vaccinated either. I just didn't want to be told that I had to. You know what I'm saying? And I hated that, too. I hated having oh. to do it. I just was like, but I never got boosted. I was like, I got my vaccination. And I was, so, I was very scared of the mRNA technology as I understood it, the lack of clinical trials and so forth. Obviously, I understood it was being proposed that we were in this great emergency situation. But I had had COVID already, and I didn't see it that way. And I also saw mostly people dying in hospitals. I mean, how many people died at home from COVID? No idea. I mean, so many people died on ventilators and remdesivir. And all these things have been proven now later. Oh, that cocktail actually kills people. Oh, you put them on a uh, a ventilator and it actually kills people. Well, you'll never get your lung capacity back after you've inflated your lungs past that point. How many at-home deaths are there? Do you remember Governor of New York sitting in front of a wall of ventilators saying, Oh, yeah. We need more ventilators. It was ridiculous. I mean, and the amount of people that died in Queens, New York, they were shoving people on. You got COVID? Get on a vent. And so how many people died alone without their loved ones? How many how many people suffered heart attacks and died where they would have otherwise been saved? It wasn't this thing that was so new. COVID is not some new thing. But the way that the media made it, and it was interesting to me how all of a sudden you had something coming out of a communist country, which was now causing free nations to adopt communist style rules and employ them on their people for health. It's like this whole idea of now the new thing is climate lockdowns. Oh, well, you know, the climate change is happening and it's because of the exhaust from our cars and you can't drive an electric car either because it takes energy to create electricity and it's bad for the atmosphere. So now we're going to, since everybody's already working from home, we're going to ask you to stay at home. I mean, it's just this whole aspect of control, which you see being implemented in closed societies and these harsh things like, what if you did get caught 10 kilometers away from your house with your wife going somewhere? I mean, you know, you'd be in trouble. You know, or I don't know about Australia, but I'm just saying, like, you get a fine. You get a fine. China, you would get 
you get your ass whooped it's and easy. thrown in like oh yeah you know you see the s- government backing off in china even because the protests are so intense yeah and, and they oh, i would control. be too and, it's called take down the ccp yeah and everyone's yeah, congregating together anyway there's no way to stop the spread and get it back to COVID zero so they might as well just throw away that rule book that they've got and start fresh to your point right the control that exists within the government their ability to control the population is contingent upon the population's ability to even get anywhere or do anything. And if you look at the World Economic Forum, you look at what they're talking about, the types of things that these people at the World Economic Forum are talking about as far as the future of humanity and what has to occur with global powers and so forth, and how Klaus Schwab writes a book called COVID-19 and the Great Reset. And it talks about exactly what they're doing. Justin Trudeau is a World Economic Forum leader. There's many World Economic Forum leaders throughout the world that are acting and taking action upon the nations which they rule with World Economic Forum guideline initiatives through the laws. And so it's just this whole idea, which maybe I'm a romantic in the sense of (laughs) wanting to be free. Is there any true freedom? I don't know. Ben? Are you done? Yeah, I mean, I'm done. I just um, no, I and, and I'm not it, trying to cut you off. Fr- no, it's just frustrating to me to hear about Iran and to hear about China and to hear about all these things. I'm happy to hear about the people of Australia. We're happy to do these things. And you know what, I've, I, dude? Personally, not I everybody. have no problem with any of not everybody. You saw right? protests. You know, you saw sure. people getting pissed off. Definitely, and you know, it's whatever. I mean, look, it's whatever's best for everybody, right? But no, I agree. I don't like I don't like the control. It just pisses me off, dude, because I know the heart of the human soul. And each person has God-given sovereignty and divinity to their unique self. And to see that oppressed, it just it it drives me nuts, dude. Ben does not I, like that. I don't like it. I'm so fucking sick of it. You know what I'm saying? I, I do know. Dude. And I and I don't like it either. I think Kaylee's got something to lighten the mood. Yeah, I want to lighten the mood, Ben. I want right. to bring you. I'll stop going all Django. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite it. movies. Bro. Yeah, it is. Okay, here are the rules. We're going to lighten it up. Ready? This is a little uh, This is a little porn music. It's called uh, Bananas and Melons. Oh. You get that? So we are going to go. I would like to start. The We're going to go paragraph by paragraph. We're going to take turns, gentlemen. Now... The goal is to try to insert, if the word comes up, or your vagina, you want to try to insert a fruit or vegetable in the name. Now, some of the adjectives are going to be near impossible to put it into place, and Ben might blurt out the real thing. Well, could we even just put any word that we can think of other than that word? Sure. If it weren't food? Yeah, I mean, It could be, you know... Uh, um, anything motor oil yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay Any word. i want you to start on go to the next page you'll see the second paragraph down i gasped i gasped for air okay let's do this real quick um second page on the was it i gasped for air i will start gentlemen actually craig you are the guest here you start ben you will go after and i will go after him I gasped for air, let the rush of tingles vibrate from my blossoming box and up my shuddering thighs. 
Derek gripped them tightly in his large oh, hands <laughs> as my body melted. My head fell backwards, thumped into the, into the head of another woman opposite me. Oh. The pain in my head momentarily took away from the pleasure in my already wet durian. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't even know what that is. It's a Chinese fruit that stinks. Oh, oh I know. I, I had that in Thailand, actually. The durian fruit is awful. Anyway, go. Uh, so her wet durian. Her wet durian. <laughs> Not suggesting that. It's such a stinky fruit, dude. It, it, dude, this fruit, you can smell it. <laughs> All right. The parallel nature of the... <laughs> That's a good one. It's like, you know... Uh, that song by uh, Migos, Open It Up. Well, you don't want to open this up. No. Okay. The what, the durian? I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the chick and I giggled at my clumsiness, but didn't stop basking in the bliss the men were giving us. Derek's No, lip. no, no, now it's Ben. Oh, there you go, Ben. Sorry, sorry to take away your... I thought you were going... Next. I was enjoying Oh, I will. Anyway. Derek's lips opened and closed like jammed elevator doors. And my... <laughs> crevice repeated the action oh. the vibration my womb made scared me a little i mean dan had never teased my clit the way a perfect stranger was doing at that moment and then that's when he flicked his tongue on my starfish fast and furious driving me insane i threw my head left then right, gripping the edge of the table so hard that I'm sure my knuckles turned white. Over and over again, his thick, wet tongue brushed across and my quivering durian pausing <laughs> only to slide deep inside my inviting folds. Waves of pressure <laughs> built up in my box, swelling like a rising balloon and then spreading across... <laughs> <laughs> my body when he lifted his head up to smile at me his lips wet and juicy a male voice yelled next <laughs> what does that mean and took me by surprise the softness of Derek's tongue went away disappeared and I lifted my head a frown on my face he wiped his mouth with the back of his hand winked at me and said Goodbye, love, before moving on to the woman beside me. I must admit, I was a tad disappointed to see him leave. But when two men appeared between my legs, both of them holding me wide open, I forgot about that Roman nose stud. <laughs> you go first, the brown-haired, green-eyed guy said to the blonde. The blonde replied, no, after you. I smiled at the little show they put on in front of me. It was all so sexy. My nipples hardened <laughs> and my p dripped, anxious to be stimulated again. They eventually agreed to join in together and both their heads fell out of my eyesight. I gasped, my breath falling into my Cobra Kai <laughs> when I felt a pair of lips kissing my inner thighs. A tongue wiggled from the top of my slit to the bottom, soaking up all my wetness. <laughs> As I continued to gush for them, gush. 
and when I felt the building thunder rushing from my entire body and into my now liberated labia, <laughs> I closed my eyes tightly, let out a cry of painful pleasure. Oh, no! Wave after wave of pulsating tension wrapped around my... Moogoo. Oh, <laughs> and I cried out loud. Oh, God. I guess my boldness paved the way for the other women on the table to let out wails and moans of pleasure. Some simply hummed repeatedly, while others made breaths like they were in a Lamaze class or something. And when I felt two lips and two tongues fighting over entry into my banana hole... I went wild. <laughs> I thrashed around the table, and one of the guys attempted to hold my shoulders down, I guess to help me refrain from hurting any of the girls surrounding me. I couldn't help it, though. The sensation was too intense. <laughs> Another wave of thunder rushed to the meeting of my thighs, and I cried out louder, a tear slowly rolling from my eye and gliding across my temple. The woman next to me must have felt my heat because she uttered, Yeah, baby girl, before leaning over me and trying to put most of my Vin Diesel in her mouth. She sucked on my nipple and even bit into it, sending my nerves ablaze. She flicked and sucked my nip. <laughs> so much passion. I lost my breath with each passing moment that the men between my legs slithered their tongues across my hole. <laughs> After a few more seconds of the overly intensive stimulation, I started to yell the word, F**k! 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 <laughs> then the male voice boomed the word again, NEXT! <laughs> over the female chorus of sexual pleasure. I didn't get a second chance to see the faces of the two gentlemen who shared my pussy before he <laughs> popped his head over me. <laughs> Hi, he said, with a think foreign <laughs> accent. Couldn't tell where he was from, but his thick, dark hair and large puppy dog eyes were just as inviting as my... Oh, geez, man in the boat <laughs> had become... When he kissed my, when he kissed me, oh God. <laughs> oh geez. When he kissed me, my banana exploded. Oh. Sending my sweaty body into convulsions of pleasure. My body shivered in reaction and I reached down playing wildly with my flower as waves of pleasure wrapped around my midsection. Goodness, I couldn't believe I'd climax just from a kiss. I guess this excited him. So he lifted my legs and parted them, his rock melon now in his hands. <laughs> and while I can't say it measured up to Dan's arugula size, <laughs> it was just as hard. <laughs> I gripped my hand around <laughs> Like a clutch. <laughs> Come on, go into first gear. Go into first gear. 
Uh, like a clutch on a stick shift I was hesitant about putting into first gear. <clears throat> he simply brushed my hand away. Suddenly, something in me said to lift my head, to look behind the beautiful man who was about to fill me with his love stick. <laughs> and I saw Dan <laughs> standing against a nearby wall, a clown smile planted on his lips. He nodded his head slowly, as if encouraging my actions and supporting me. But the pain in his eyes couldn't be denied. <laughs> He'd never pleased me as much as those total strangers were. And I just knew I shouldn't have let him stay and watch. <laughs> but the new Take guy, us home. Take us home, Ben. But the new guy between my legs didn't give me a chance to feel anything else for Dan. Because all that quickly filled me was his hot, heavy <laughs> And scene! <laughs> Alright, I think that about sums up this week's episode of the Manfused Podcast. Please join the show by hitting us up at manfused.com or you can join the show by texting or leaving a voice message. Make sure you check out our Manfused gear. You can find the link in our episode description and listen to us on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.